So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. Welcome to the David Spizak Show. I am sitting here live at NADA in Dallas. It's been an amazing first couple days, and it's about to get a whole lot better for you because I have yet another fantastic guest. His name is Peter Cooper. Uh, he owns, he's the dealer at Lexus of Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. And, and Peter, I want to start with this because I know that it's such a core part of, of you and everything you stand for, you believe it. You won an award. You're one of two dealers ever in the history of Lexus that have won a particular award. Could you tell everybody what that award was? And why, for in God's name, did they give it to you? That that part of uh-huh. that, that part of, I I can't answer. But I think first of all, I want to thank you for asking me to to be here. Um, it's an honor. I saw who came before me, and I don't know how I live up to to these great. Oh, you're you're come on. But I think that's that's the whole message here is we look at who came we look at who came before us, and I was born into this business. My father didn't want me to be a dealer, and one of the things I learned from my father was there was two ways to buy a car: is you were a friend of my father's, and it was everybody else. And I realized that's just not right. So we decided about fifteen years ago we had to change the culture in our business. And I wanted everybody to be my friend, including you, David. Yeah, thank you. I made the cut. Right, and it's all about it's all about culture, and it's all about the customer first. And I think when I come here and I look at everything that's going on and everything we've done for the last forty years, it's always been about the dealer first. And the market no longer is going to take that. And we live in a world that people don't trust the government. Yellow or healthcare or healthcare, right? So yellow car deal, yeah. right? So we're at a t- we're a place we just came off of whatever we want to call this divide in our country. The dealers abuse customers at an all time level. Trust for dealers has gone down the down the drain. So lowest brand loyalty ever recorded, and lowest dealer loyalty. And you know what's interesting? You bring up some great points, and the reality is. You know, as you know, I know a ton of dealers. They're incredibly nice people, great intentions. They have good people working for them. And, you know, it's not malintent in my opinion, Peter. I mean, it's these guys are saying, listen, I normally get 100 cars. Now I have 25. Somehow I got to pay my people, pay my bills. Wasn't it the right thing from a business perspective from them to do to take that short amount of vehicles, 20, 30, 40% reduction and still be able to be profitable? As you phrase the question, I could say yes. As I've come to spend time with you, I've also learned there's ways to grow your business in these challenging times. And I don't think we needed to grow our business on the backs of our customers. And so, yes, we're, we're, this is not a hobby for anybody here. But I think what happened is civility and decency just from the outside crept into our business. And we forgot who we really were. So... Now that we're going through a, another, yet another transition, you know, I consider this to me the fourth economic 
uh, dynamic or cycle that we've had in the last four years. There's pre-pandemic, pandemic, chip shortage, and now what I refer to is is a, a economic shift. And as we move here, dynamics have shifted, right? The demand level has seemingly slowed down a little bit. We've seen the used car market soften up. We've seen people very quickly come to the realization that there is now inventory, at least more. You know, some dealers still tell me, Peter, hey, wait, wait, we're not even close to where we were in 2019. Unimportant. What's more important is through the lens of the client. They're looking at what do you have for an inventory compared to last June of last January. And to them, it's a bonanza. It's double what you had. So for them, it's party time. You know, dealers have had a record three years of profit while clients have had the three hardest years to actually buy a car. So is it this year potentially the revenge of the client and what should dealers do? So I think, yes, it is the potential for the revenge, but I think that the reality of it is, David, everybody that you know, that you come in contact, whether it's in this business or outside this business, works very hard to earn their money. They work hard. American public's hard work and keep them, those that go to work. But we've made it so hard. Those that go to work. We've made it hard for people to spend their money. And so if they want to have the revenge, we really... You know, I don't, I don't say we as our store, but people use people. So you're going to get, you're going to get revenge. That's what happens. And I think we got to rise above that and say, okay, some of our behaviors weren't the best behaviors, but we have the chance, David, as an industry, as a community to say, we can rise above this. You know, if you take the profits and we, so they're going to, boy, they're going to get cut this year. Average amount, still not so bad. And we still have the opportunity to earn the consumer's trust and faith back. You know, just for context, very interesting article of uh, midsummer about the resent fa- resentment factor of clients that paid over MSRP. 27% of those surveyed said, I will never go back to that store, not just to buy a car, but to ever service a car. So, you know, there is resentment. There is some hard feelings. However, don't you think that if every dealer out there started obsessing about what's important to the client, obsessing about client satisfaction, obsessing about delivering a great experience, I find that most humans are also very forgiving, very quick to forgive. And if you do that, acknowledge that there was a hard time and do the right thing, don't you think they could absolutely turn that around, that resentment? Well, I think one of the things we learned from Scott Galloway was Crisis management. So crisis management is you lean right into the problem. You acknowledge what we did was wrong. And, and you're right. I think the public is forgiving. And I think it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to say, you know what? We made a mistake. We should, we could have, we should have done differently. I, I don't, but I don't want to also, I want to, when people don't go back to the deal, people weren't going back to the deal before COVID. Our behavior just got worse in COVID. It's not like it was good before. So that boomerang is we're in a worse position than we were going into COVID. And you've mentioned many times we've got increased expenses on our floor plan. But this is our time to say, okay, it's got check time. Oh, do we want to do the right thing? And you've met a lot of successful moneymakers, a lot of them. And there are many of them here. But how many are really successful humans? How many really care about their community? You guys selling cars all over the place. So I have needs in my community. Where am I as a member of that community? 
And community doesn't mean it always goes my way. And I think we've lost that in our society, in our culture. But we can do that as an industry. We can help lead our, the American public back to trust me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that. It's, it's almost a little analogous to the fact that, you know, and I, not to sound fluffy or anything, but you've all heard this. You know, if, if you don't love yourself, you can't love somebody else, right? And if you don't, if you don't address things from the inside out of the dealership, meaning starting with a true desire and passion to also obsess over your client, your associate culture, having a, 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 a you know the desire and a passion to develop your people, to pay attention to what's important to them, to ask them, you know, how can we get better as an organization? To ask them, find out what's important to them, what is what it will cause them to take a higher level of satisfaction in doing what they do? Do they feel heard? You know, all of these things. Do I have a voice at the table? I understand you're not going to do everything for me, but as an associate, do I at least have a voice? And so, so to that point, every, everybody struggles with human capital. What's our human capital strategy for, for going forward? And if you look at how, it, how did we become a brand champion, it wasn't with who can get the most money out of a customer. Sure. It, it had nothing. What was we? Let's go back though. What was that award for? Why is it so difficult? What was you you and one other Lexus store has been awarded that? What is that award for? What was the criteria? So the criteria was who exemplified the brand the most. That's what I want to know. There you go. And and that and that that example that example example really means we put the customer first in everything that we did. And if we look at it, we break it down a couple of ways. There's jobs to be done, right? So we have to look at it internally. What are the jobs to be done that we're asking of our employees? Or what are the jobs we're asking of a consumer to do business with us? If we look at, on both sides of that, how do we make that easier? That marriage becomes simpler. And that and it really starts with civility. It starts with decency. It starts with gratitude. I mean, I'm the luckiest guy in this room. I mean, I don't belong sitting up here with you. Stop it. No, I've read that the bar I know. <laughs> no, it's... It, it, it's it's really that you know we're all so blessed. We are. We are all so blessed. One hundred percent. I got a question for you, Peter. So now that we're talking, going down this path, start with you. You know, and your son David's interesting. You're in a very interesting place. I find. You know, you're a second generation dealer. Your dad didn't want you to be in the business. You ended up being in the business. You did very well. You know, you were able to establish a legendary culture, a legendary associate culture. Now you're passing the baton to the third generation, to your son, David, right? And, and first of all, you know, he wants to be in the business. He seems very engaged. How do you feel? I mean, does that make you happy to know that your legacy is going to be continued and that he owns that same passion for client culture and associate culture? Well, I think it's a great question. I think that one of the most difficult things that I struggled with was my father did not want me to go into the business. Um, and I don't know his reasons. He, he died when I was 22 years old. But the reality is most dealers, pretty successful business people. Let me leave it that way. So for a child to grow up and say, oh, this is, this is easy, or for a child to live in that shadow, is really unjustly fair to the to the individual. So I I look at my kids and said I love them too much to ruin their lives. I don't want them to have to measure up to me. 
I don't want to give them everything. So David, as you know, went off and did his own thing for several years in New York. When he came back, he's not going to be a mini-me. No. Not, and, and you look at you look at dealers, and I've said this to you the first time I met you. You want to tell me about a dealer? Let me meet their kids. And you know, you've dealt with David. There's no entitlements. You know, he knows he's got to go to work every day. Um, and it, and you know, on top of it, he's not going to do it my way. I love him so much, and I believe in him so much that I want to let him make his own mistakes. You and I talked many times. We we are who we are as a result of what we got wrong, not what we got right. That's right. I love. One of the things I really appreciate, I love about uh, working with David and Stephanie, your controller, is, you know, their brains are wide open. They don't ever approach any interaction or meeting I have with them as if we're good. Hey, 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 old guy, we're good. We're fine. You know, I know the way you did it before cable TV, you know, was really cool. I get it. Interesting story. Fascinating. Thank you. We're good. They don't have that attitude. They don't have that arrogance. They have a willingness and a desire to get better that's got to put a smile on your face with him. Well, I, it puts a tremendous smile on my face. And I think that the, the most important thing, and I was actually talking to Padram about this a few minutes ago, is we look at the character of who, who we're hiring. So for me to have a son, a daughter, and their, their spouses that are upstanding character, that's every, the skill sets we can teach you. But character is everything, and, 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 and people know in the difference, in their internal compass, what's right and what's wrong, how you build a culture. Yeah. And that's what we, should, we, that's what we model for our OEs, is how do we take care of each other? That's what community is. How do we, and, and we have a community within our business, we have a community that we live in. What is our responsibility to give back? Not to take, but how do we become givers? So, let's take this conversation and let's now come back to your store as you look forward through the remainder of the year, knowing that we're going to have headwinds. We already do. Knowing we're going to have challenges. We already do. Knowing that this year is not going to look like 2022. It won't. Knowing that the plays you ran last year, the blueprint is going to be epically failing this year if you try to deploy it. Based on what you're talking about and what I know is at your core, and what are you going to do in your dealership to be able to take that next step? What's next so that you can help once again, in association with your son, David, lead your team, your associates, your, your employee partners almost in a direction to where they're going to have more fulfillment, more satisfaction. They're going to feel more appreciated, more respected, and then they're going to have a successful year. So I think, you know, I think one of the most important things in life is if you really love somebody, you're going to challenge them. You're just not going to make it easy for them. So the fact that we have a culture that good or bad as a result of COVID is about 30 years younger than I am. It's all young people. They've been, they don't know a business that's another way. It's all been, as to your point, we're now in our fourth version of the last three years of this business. They're adaptable, they're amenable, and they know we believe in them and we love and care about them. So wherever we need to go, whatever's going to be in front of us, they're going to give that over to the customer. They're going to make that happen in every engagement. And the whole key is, where's the customer today? And, and we're, more importantly, where are they going to be tomorrow and how do we get there before our competition? This is how we, you know, how we have that empathy. 
And it's not just empathy for a cost, empathy for our employees. Right. Yeah, I, you know, it's the old, that old expression that ESI equals CSI. You know, your, your, your associates will never treat your customers better than you treat them. Never. And, and if they believe that they're respected, that they're appreciated, you know, that they believe in who they work for, they admire you, they respect you, they take pride, there's a spirit of core, they feel like they're part of something bigger, uh, then I really believe that, that you're in position, regardless of what external circumstances are, to create a different company, a better version of your company, and to help contribute to your, to your associates, you know, loving what they do. And, and here's the thing, if I can get them to love what they do, they are absolutely going to pass that along to their clients, don't you think? Uh, there's, there's no question. And I think you know. I think you really touched on it. It's I, we look at all of our employees, and, and 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 David has really embraced this as what I want this for my son, for my daughter, for my cousin. What I want the environment that they're in. What we want to work in this place. What would we want to, to be a part of? And how when we, how can we teach them to extend out into the community? You know, they've all made, to your point, they've all made good money. Everybody's made good money of us. Not the whole, the whole country didn't. And how do we become a bigger part of the community? How do we give back? How do we teach them how to give back? Not just in kindness, but in acts. I mean, we did, uh, at the holidays, we had people working in food banks, serving meals, and people just signed up. It was just, we didn't say you have to do this, but they really saw how much we care. And I could the more that you care, there's obvious people. And they wanted to be part of something bigger. It would be so. I love that. I love that. Peter, what a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to join. I, I, I you, you know how, how much I, I value our friendship, our relationship. And, you know, obviously I really appreciate the fact that you allow me to be able to work with, with David, with Stephanie, with your team. And uh, I've enjoyed it so much. And I love seeing the growth. I love seeing the expansion, and I love seeing the continued desire to get better. Well, well David, I, you know, first of all, from the bottom of my heart, I'm mean, when it was time to let David come into business, very difficult for children to listen to their parents sometimes. So I had to find the right people to mentor David. Um, and you've done such a remarkable job with, with him, with Stephanie, with some of our managers. And I think that's, again, the more, the, if I outlearned, my competition, we're going to win. And so to have great teachers, I was not a great teacher. Uh, have great teachers. We're so blessed. And I've, I'm just blessed that, you know, I met you, I think the first week of COVID, we did a podcast That's together. Right. And, right. and and I'm so grateful for not not our business, but for our personal relationship. So thank you. I am as well. I am. Well, thank you again for joining. Look forward to seeing what's next for you personally and professionally. And listen, I might join you overseas on that special birthday or something close to it to go see uh, see the boss do it's the thing. rock and roll. I love it. Rock. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. See you next time. You've been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happens.